Hey, 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 what's good, fam? You listen to the Third Culture Kingdom podcast, and this is your host, David Huang. I'm continuing on the topic of race from the previous episode, a letter to black brothers and sisters. I had intended to have some different guests on for this follow-up, but a lot of things haven't worked out as planned, and that's just how it is in life sometimes. With that being said, a friend asked me to drop some different thoughts on a specific incident that occurred a few days ago regarding a prominent church pastor and a hip-hop artist who is a follower of Jesus, and I really believe it accurately depicts the current state of where many churches are in regards to the topic of race, justice, and the church's role. So today, you're listening to Thursday Thoughts, a fumble, a recovery, and the journey to the end zone. I hope you enjoy it. Man, so where do I start? Just to give you all some context, Louis Giglio, a prominent pastor in Atlanta, recording artist Lecrae and Dan Cathy, the CEO of Chick-fil-A, got together for an open and honest discussion on racism and how to confront it within our hearts, communities, and within the church. Louis Giglio and Dan Cathy are both white men, and Lecrae is a black man. Now, before I go any further, I just want to say that I'm not making this episode to tear down or to criticize and bash any of these guys. A ton of respect for them, um, and it's all love. But I do want to speak into it because I think this conversation has broader implications than what we might see, hear, or interpret initially. Let's get down to it. From the beginning of their conversation, they kind of talk about some different experiences Lecrae has had with prejudice and discrimination, the apathy and reluctance of many churches to actively combat racism and racial injustice, despite battling injustices like the water crisis and human trafficking. They touch a little bit on the history of America and how people generally love taking on this triumphalistic narrative view, focusing on how history benefits our present society, but not the pain and atrocities that were inflicted on others to build up the very society that exists today. In this next part, from my interpretation, Lecrae makes this analogy comparing the last statement to how Christians love receiving the benefits of the gospel, Jesus' death and resurrection, but don't seem to recognize the extent of our own sin or where we've missed the mark and how our sin actually is what put him on the cross. In actually receiving the blessing of the cross, we have to recognize the cost, Jesus' life, and the cause of it, our sins individually and collectively. In response to that, we need to take up Jesus' heart and the things that he cares about as we move forward in the new life he's given us. What happens next is where the fumble occurs. Louis Giglio, while continuing the analogy that Lecrae had made, He talks about how white brothers and sisters love the blessing of the cross, which is new life in Jesus, but don't like sitting in what it could cost them when Jesus asked them to respond and to follow him and his teachings. He then tries to dig deeper to Lecrae's analogy on history and the gospel. His words were, we understand the curse that was slavery, white people do, and we say that was bad, but we miss the blessing of slavery that it actually built up the framework for the world that white people live in and lived in, and a lot of people call this white privilege. He then talks about how this phrase is vocabulary that trips white brothers and sisters up because of all the connotations attached to it and misinterpretations that people have. 
and how he and Lecrae have discussed, you know, trying to get to the heart of this topic without having people tripped up by that. But the fumble gets worse once Louis Giglio says that instead of calling these structural benefits and advantages that white people have received from slavery white privilege, he says for him, what is helpful is to call it white blessing. You can kind of tell that Lecrae is stunned trying to process what he just heard um, as he kind of continues trying to move forward in the dialogue with all these emotions running through his head and his mind. Let's break this down. First, I want to press into what I believe was going through Louis Giglio's head when he said those words and what I believe he was trying to say. Really, I think he was trying to navigate the tension between trying not to offend white brothers and sisters who probably make up a good portion of his congregation and attempting to define privilege, which for my purposes, I'll define it as the ability to ignore race-based experiences or conversations constantly and not have the perceptions of one's race constantly put you in these difficult, traumatic, racialized situations or conversations. From what I'm getting, Louis Giglio was trying to say that white people know that slavery was obviously wrong, However, it goes over many people's heads that slavery was also one of the foundations that built a lot of the framework of the systems and structures that our society revolves around today. As a result, white brothers and sisters in the present day have reaped the benefits of the pain and suffering that was experienced by the ancestors and even recent generations of black brothers and sisters. However, he compounds this mistake when he says that he prefers to use the word white blessing over the words white privilege. Obviously, blessing has a very spiritual connotation to it. And in the words of Kyle Howard, a Christian racial trauma counselor, Louis baptizes the phrase and spiritualizes it. It changes from privilege to blessing. And this is where things become very problematic. For many people, especially black brothers and sisters and other people of color, how they interpret that is that our pain, our trauma, the atrocities that were committed, the discriminatory laws that were passed, these are things that you saw and still see as a blessing to white people, implicitly given by God. Now, once again, I'll reiterate that I do not believe that this was Louis Giglio's intention at all and he in his apology video tries to make it clear that that was not what he was trying to say Um, and I think he's a sincere leader trying to bring about change healing and restoration but in prioritizing the feelings of white brothers and sisters over the pain and trauma of black brothers and sisters through the reluctance of using the word privilege or benefit black brothers and sisters are re-traumatized, not only by a white person, but by a spiritual leader who is supposed to protect and advocate for the marginalized and foster healing. When we prioritize the feelings of the privileged over the pain of the marginalized, this conversation is always going to result in a dead end, um, and there's not going to be much real progress. 
Louis Giglio soon posted an apology, which I believe to be sincere and heartfelt. Um, and Lecrae also posted a video slash note about his discomfort thoughts and how he and Louis discussed these things soon after the conversation. But despite the relationship that he and Louis had, if you follow Lecrae for a while, he's gone through this long journey of healing from the evangelical church's inability to create and provide an adequate space and environment to heal from and combat racism. Some people are bashing Lecrae for not checking Louis Giglio harder, but I'm not going to join. I've been in that situation where you're literally being re-triggered to your racial trauma and still trying to process how to finish the dialogue. So respect to the man for sticking it out and not blowing up. The fumble seemingly has been recovered, but the journey towards the end zone is another story. Let me tie this incident into the broader conversation about race, racism in the church. I think that this situation here is emblematic of the state of where many churches are. I think that many, many white pastors are well-intentioned, but they don't have an understanding deep enough to not only navigate these conversations well, but also lead well in combating racism within their own churches. So on one hand, the depth of the problem is not fully recognized. And on the other hand, if senior leaders within churches are not well-equipped to deal with this in knowledge and understanding, how can the people serving under them be expected to understand the complexities of this conversation and topic? Leaders really have to recognizing humility that they need to take a step back and amplify brothers and sisters uh, who can speak into this not once not twice but consistently in recognizing the problem churches also need to become aware of the pervasiveness subtlety and depth of how far the roots of racism run even within the church one example that illustrates this lack of understanding is the fact that many, many churches in the present in the past four years have touched on the topic of race and justice, but few have actually been equipped to deal with our current racial climate. Why is this? Because while churches look on the outside and see the brokenness in society, they haven't been able to see the brokenness and trauma that they have caused many black brothers and sisters as well as other people of color. Rather than focusing internally on fostering healing spaces for black brothers and sisters and people of color through reflection, repentance, and restoration of relationship, churches have continued to be reactionary to the injustices at the tip of the iceberg rather than proactively confronting the roots beneath their very noses in their own congregation. And don't get me wrong, you know, both of these things need to be addressed. But to so many brothers and sisters who are black and people of color who have observed the church's response to these things, it's 
seen as disingenuous and hypocritical that the very people the church is outwardly advocating for are the same people within their church that they've ignored, silenced, and traumatized and who they have not apologized to, not asked for forgiveness from, or attempted to reconcile with. This is where I appreciate Louis Giglio's apology in part because he acknowledges specifically what he did wrong and apologizes to the people he hurt. Too many times churches and people seem like they don't know how to give an effective apology. According to Psychology Today, the five ingredients of an effective apology are one, a clear I'm sorry statement, two, an expression of regret for what happened, three, an acknowledgement that social norms or expectations were violated. Four, an empathy statement acknowledging the full impact of our actions on the other person or party. Number five, a request for forgiveness. Churches need to take a step back and reflect where we've gone wrong and why we have fallen short and make an effective apology before trying to respond in some of these other ways. With that being said, those things show where the church has been unhealthy and ineffective. And on the other hand, I think a good indicator of how healthy a church body is in regards to dealing with racism and the conversation of race and justice is just how comfortable black brothers and sisters and brothers and sisters of color feel about sharing their raw, unfiltered thoughts to their white brothers and sisters. In my own experiences and many others, the gap in understanding just seems so far apart and your attempts at expressing your deep emotion, anger, and or pain is met with a bombardment of questions or resistance that really minimizes your pain. It's almost as if you're trying to convince them that you are actually hurting really badly, that you're human, but you also realize that it's unsafe to let your raw emotions out since they just don't understand and continually question you. Thus, people just are deeply hurt and leave the local body or even the faith in man. That just should not happen. As evidenced by this situation and perhaps what you've observed, witnessed in your own churches, we still have a long way to go. Though it can be disheartening at times, I, I really do believe that amidst the, the setbacks, the fumbles, uh, we still have an opportunity to reach the end zone together, um, but it really can only be done when we acknowledge our mistakes and walk in humility and sacrificial love for one another. So that does it. Uh, for me, in regards to kind of my thoughts on this situation, um, it's all love once again to Louis Giglio, Dan Cathy, and Lecrae, everyone out there. You know, let's learn together, let's grow together, let's fight together. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode on the Third Culture Kingdom Pod. I appreciate you and your support. I know what I just talked about can be pretty heavy and complex, but I hope I was able to connect some of the dots for you. 
Some of the thoughts and insights I mentioned are from theologian and counselor Kyle J. Howard. You can find him on Instagram at Kyle J. Howard for deeper insights and commentary on healing from racial trauma, soul care, and the gospel. If you have any thoughts or comments or encouragements, I love to hear it. You can send those messages to me on IG at Third Culture Kingdom. If you want to keep up with the latest and greatest, subscribe to the pod, like the page on Facebook, or follow us on IG at Third Culture Kingdom. And please share this or the website, uh, thirdculturekingdom.com, with whoever you think would enjoy the content we produce. This is your host, David Huang, and I'm signing off. Peace, love, and joy to y'all. Happy Juneteenth.